you see a door just barely closing. Genie, wait, what are you talking about? And I approach the door, Genie's door. Genie's purple door is hanging open just by a little bit for the first time ever. You've never seen inside Genie's room. Hmm. Snack will go uh, prop it open a little further and peek in. And what you see is a short cliff edge that looks out onto a black abyss. You see Genie look over his shoulder at you and he says, I'm sorry. I hope I make it back. And you see him disappear into the inky black. You hear. Tibio! 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 Where are you, boy? Tibio! Ginny? You see a hand kind of like reach into your vision and, and pull into the scene. Genie is pulling himself from some unseen hidey hole, and you see him light up brighter than he's ever been. He is rapidly disintegrating. I, I reach out to him. It's time to go, Tibio! I, I take his hand. He grabs your hand and he says, there's a good boy. And he looks up at Moja and he just says, fuck you. <laughs> and he pulls your hand in behind himself. And the two of you go tumbling backwards into this room, onto this cliff's edge. When you return, Genie is about the size that Snack was when you first met him. Oh. Genie is stuttering and stumbling and coughing and falls to the floor and Tibio is dragged into the lamp and tossed into the main room. Genie! Genie! He is unresponsive. Does Snack see this happening? All of it. Okay. What is this? I head into the room. Genie, get off the ground. Snack, he saved me! He saved me! Shut up, Tibio! Genie, what are you doing? Genie. Snack. This is a dumb game. Snack, I survived. Yes. I'm still here. I'm just not who I used to be. What do you mean? Snack, I can't fight him in there. I can't even be in there. I just stay close. So that I don't disappear. So you are all right. I am all right. I'll survive. For now. Genie. I know. I disobeyed you. I sacrificed both of our power for the sake of someone else. And it wasn't your decision. I apologize. This is not as a genie should do. I must tell you something. Mm. Of all the rooms in this lamp, yours is the dumbest genie. <laughs> There's hardly anything in there but a giant abyss. <laughs> Why? There's not even a railing. Not much for interior decoration. Clearly. Well, Tibio, I'm glad you are 
surviving and well. Uh, I. Th- what? Oh, we must get out of this lamp pretty quick because the ceiling's collapsing. Uh, I'm glad Jeannie's okay, but we all still might die. So, uh, oh, uh, off we go. And uh, yeah, the two of you appear outside the lamp. Tibio. Tibio. What is happening? Oh, get under here real quick. Oh, you're okay. Uh, Tibio runs under the invisible umbrella that he doesn't see. Sorry, it's a large cluster of bones. She ended up not using the umbrella guard. Um, yeah, right. Telekinesis yeah. umbrella. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yep, sorry. Okay, I'll cut that part where I challenged it. Um, <laughs> Tim's like, it's just because nah. I cast it. Um, yeah. All right, Bert, it is your turn. Uh, Tibio, did you do it? Did you fix it? Um, I don't know. I pushed him back. Uh, Who? The also was in there. He was there. Arzo. Uh, Moja. Moja. It is very complicated. All right. Well, uh, what about Genie? What was what was he talking about? Is he okay? Genie's fine. Yes. He Good. saved my life. He's puny now. Puny compared to Snack, of course. Uh, of course. Guys, I hate to break this up. We we should probably, uh, you know, talk later. Bert. Number to beat is 19. Could I use my action to dodge and get advantage on this? I, yeah, if you do nothing else, I'll let that's, you take yeah. advantage. That's on. what I was planning to do for next turn. Natural 20? Ooh. There you what go. The Damn. Uh, yeah, Bert, you do that thing where you look up and see something falling, and then you just take one subtle step to the right and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Bubblegum right Head in The Lord of the Rings. Bubblegum Head? The yeah. orc oh, yeah. with the very squishy, ugly face. Oh, oh that guy. That was a good, good one. That's how I called him when I was a kid. All right. The frog turns 180 degrees and croaks, and Uli, it's your turn. <laughs> um. We said that I would have to do concentration saves, right? Yeah. I get advantage on those. Okay. Woo! Please be good. 23. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, you're able to maintain this cluster of bones that is protecting Malboro oh. over your head. Guys, I'm so strong. <laughs> Keep it up, Uli. Good job, Uli. Yeah, thanks. Just a little bit longer, I think, maybe. Or maybe a lot longer. This, it's nothing. It's easy. And I'm like wiping sweat off of my brow because I'm not I don't actually have to have my hands up to yeah. hold <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think I pretended like I had to and I was like <laughs> <laughs> Malboro is sufficiently protected as are you uh, next up is Holly I'm still trying to cast the spell with Mar- Marble That's right. next to him okay Marble. Um, I have like a mouth literally a mouthful of marbles when I try to say his yeah. fucking name Marble yeah. Marbles low <laughs> All right, uh, Holly, why don't you give me a, um, a d20 with your spellcasting ability modifier rolled into that? 16. Wait, does that get a bless bonus? It does, yeah. 19. Yeah, I'm going to say it kind of as your hand reaches the bottom of this circle, you're completely unsure of how long this process is going to take, but suddenly you can no longer see Malboro. You are looking at a stone room with a glassy floor of icy water. Is that the entrance where we came in? The top of the staircase where you guys came in, yeah. <gasps> um, it is Malboro's turn. He, I see it! He looks to all of you and he says, we're ready to go. And he is out of breath and covered in sweat um, after pulling this off in just a few short rounds with the help of Holly. Great job, MB. Yeah, I'd say you guys are free out of initiative to leave this place. Everyone else go first. Okay. Go, go, Let's go. go. 
you all pile through, and it's down to just Uli and Tibio in there. And Tibio, you stop before you reach the gate, and you see Uli straining. But even that considered, you know something to be true here. You cannot leave this place without a gate. I'm not through the ceremony yet. Uli, I I have to stay. What what are you talking about? No, you have to go. It's collapsing. I know, but I, I think I can fix it. Do you want me to stay with you? I don't feel right about leaving. No, I think you can I think you can go. Right when Tibio says that, a huge chunk of bone almost demolishes Tibio entirely. <gasps> if it weren't for Uli being able to move it out of the way. I think I have to stay. I you're gonna okay. die. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. I will fix it as best as I can, and then we will both leave. Okay. I'll just keep holding. Okay. Can we keep the portal open while they're doing that? Yeah, okay. you can all look at them from the other side. Yeah. Okay. So here's how this goes. Tibio, it's going to take you a little while to pull this off. You seem to know how to do it, almost like being in, dropped into water and suddenly swimming without ever being taught. As soon as you reach out both of your hands from either side, you see bones begin to rise in accordance with your raising hands. And you know that the ultimate goal is to join them at the top in a large gate. Okay. Uli, this place is completely collapsing. Mm-hmm. I need Uli to make the same check that you've been making to try to save Tibio from being crushed. Okay. You're going to need to make three checks with advantage. Oof. Oof. She's got advantage. She can do it. I already have advantage. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I <laughs> that's just need extreme. to That's a a natural 1 and a natural 20. <laughs> yeah. I don't wow. think I've ever done that. Okay, so the first one is a nat 20. Okay. So, yeah, this huge platform of bones falls from the ceiling destined for Tibio. With your first thrust of telekinetic energy, you just send it spinning and now it's spiraling falling towards Tibio. And you know that this is unacceptable. And so you just give it a punch and you blast it to pieces as it flies throughout the room. I think Uli should get one bone placed in the arch for doing that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) One bonus bone. (laughs) The right side is leading by a little bit. (laughs) All right. uh, This continues for a few more seconds. More bones begin to fall from the ceiling. Uli, I need another check. Can I still use bless? Yep. 23? Saves. Uh, another huge shower of bones comes towards Tibio. Instead, this time you create a sort of pocket or a dome over him and you see them all just slide off to the side harmlessly. To some degree, Uli, you're starting to feel each of these bones as they impact your telekinesis as if they were hitting you. I need you to make one more save. Um, can I Tides of Chaos to re-roll yep. one of them? Okay, 14. Does not save. Uh, Tibio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some bones falling on you. Um, uh, that is 15 bludgeoning damage that comes crashing down on you. Okay. In addition to that, I need you to make a concentration saving throw. Yeeshi. Uh, 22. Uli, even though you're giving everything you have, you've been giving everything you have for several minutes now, defending everyone and everything from feeling any pain while you take it all yourself. And the very last piece was just too much for you to handle, but it's okay because Tibio can take a little bit himself. Tibio, I'm sorry. Don't worry, I have this. 
the gate connects at the top of the arch. You see an inky blackness begin to rain down like oil pouring down a wall. And the gate is reformed. You hear a sudden suction of air and then a sudden stillness as the bones cease to fall in this place. Everything goes completely still. I drop concentration on that and I collapse to my knees and I just like... (sighs) What the fuck? You see that frog look at you for just a second and then its bones just kind of fall to pieces. (laughs) And uh, the curse jettisons through the archway and leads to the underworld. Way to go, guys. Does this thing do audio? It does. Right <laughs> through the gate. Um, as I'm focused on the gate, still kind of holding my hands out to steady it, um, I reach out with my uh, bone spine, from one of my bone spines from my cloak, yeah. and I like pat Uli on the shoulder with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> like out of breath, thumbs up. <sighs> Good job. Let's go. You guys stepping out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The two of you leave that gate, and just before the portal closes that leads to the entrance to this place, as it's closing, Tibio, a mass of bones rushes towards you and kind of swirls around you and then connects to your body. (sighs) Things will not be like they used to be, where you sort of rode around a single skeleton you are now encased in bone armor. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. That follows your body from head to foot. It can be altered based on your desire, but at any point you can become essentially a bone knight. What? Complete with a raven skull helmet. Ah! Yeah! That's so <laughs> sick. Oh my God. I want to draw it, but I don't know how. Oh, that's so cool. And Tibio falls unconscious. Oh, fuck. Oh, um, are we through the portal? Yes, everyone's through the portal and the portal has closed. <laughs> and I'm suddenly encased in a bunch of bone and then I fall over. Yeah. Wow, man, Tibio, that was great. Tibio? Uh, Tibio, Bert, can you do anything? Medicine check. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, I check for I check for a pulse on his bone <laughs> armor. <laughs> But there's not. There's nothing. <laughs> oh no, he's dead. Uh, can I? I just want to rattle his bones a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> rattle his cage. <laughs> you hear a little whimper come from Tibio. You can hear him breathing inside this case of bones. He's, he's alive. He's okay, but he's asleep. Okay. Poor little guy's tuckered out. As you um, kind of cross through that portal and take in this area, you're in the entrance where that staircase led down directly into the into the water. Uh, you smell humid air, and the stairs beneath your feet are sandy and wet. And looking around at the top of these stairs, you can see the weak red-gold light of dawn. You also see the last pieces of ice begin to split and drift away from each other in thin sheets, leaving you no way to return outside of this island. Yeah. Cool. Is anyone waiting for us? Uh, no, but after waiting there for a couple of moments, you see Sacra walk up those stairs to meet you. She looks sleepy. She oh, Sacra, did you get my message? I'm so sorry. I thought when they woke up, but um, when Tibio arrived to do his trial, I take a nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's okay. Tibio uh, rebuilt the portal. 
I think everything's great. When you say rebuild, her eyes just go huge. Like, what do you mean rebuild? <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. It's anymore. better than before, actually. The bird turned into a frog, and we are safe now. She says, I understand, I think. Uh, he will wake up in a week or so. Great. Yeah, a week. Wow. We totally have that much time. It is a lot to become the guardian of the underworld. Is that what Tibio's become? It's true. Wow. Does everyone get this sick armor? Mm, to some extent. His is more formidable than what we have seen in the past. Nice. Sacra, how, how do we get back? Back to Memoir? Uh, he is the key, I believe. And uh, she reaches down and with great old lady strength, she picks Tibio up off the floor and just takes a step out onto the water. And you all just hear this like bubbling as an unfathomably huge snake skeleton rises from the water and forms a bridge out to the edge of the water to get you back to dry ground. This place is fucking awesome. Um. She leads your party, exhausted, all the way back to uh, Memoir. Um, along the way, Malboro informs you that Gaspard had left to see his family for the first time in a while. Knowing that Tibio was going to succeed, he was excited to see his family again, is what he said. Well, he put a lot of faith in our Tibs, but I would have too. Yeah. He did a great job. I knew he'd pull through. Oh, yeah. He was always the strongest one of us all. Back in memoir, you're all kind of talking about Tibio and how great he is. As <laughs> he has been set down by Sacra, not in a medical bay or infirmary or anything like that. He's been set down on a severed stump in the center of town and just laid outside for days at a time. Soon after he's laid down, you see a bear walk up to his flesh bear? unconscious body. A real bear. Flesh bear. <laughs> you have to we don't have to delineate anymore. Yeah. Not a bone bear. <laughs> you see a bear walk up to Tibio's sleeping body and it just sits down right in front of him and it just waits. You see over the next couple days, you keep seeing deer and squirrels and foxes and snakes and rats oh. and ravens all attend Tibio's procession. Whatever this is, they're protecting him and watching him. You also see all around Memoir, the darkness fades from this place as the gate has been restored and Tibio has become the guardian. This forest is healing. Fuck yeah. Dimitri visits Memoir. Not long after you arrive there, he's no longer insane, but he can still fly and that's new to him. There was something to gain out of this, after all, is that Dimitri can now locomote on his own. Does he apologize to us? He does. That's the first thing he does. Holly's yeah. pissed at him still. <laughs> he gets to memoir and he just says, I'm so sorry. You can't even imagine. I, The desperation I felt, I thought nothing was going to be the same and that I was stuck and that we had been forsaken. But none of that was true. It's all a matter of perspective. Holly just gives him squinty eyes. Yeah, this doesn't make up for anything. You should have had more faith in Tibio. He goes, ha, 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 and he glows green and explodes with flame and says, just kidding. <laughs> God. <laughs> I hope he can forgive me when he wakes up. Where do we leave this guy? Did we throw him in a river or something? You did. <laughs> you left me by the river in the fog, hoping that I would never come back. That's right, that's right. I don't blame you one bit. I was an asshole. <laughs> we also did 
make sure not to destroy you or like throw you in the river. That so. was for Tibio though. Yeah. Much appreciated. Not for you. Even so. <laughs> um, in addition to Dimitri, maybe the day after you arrive back in memoir, uh, Dolly comes to visit all the way from the Fae Trader. What the fuck? This forest is no longer difficult to travel through by any means. Anyone can do it at this point. <laughs> Birthday sex. <laughs> That was just birthday. for you for your birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dolly lets you know what you had all just achieved by reestablishing order within the fern glade. Everything is reset. The owl tree has regained its sanity and its optimism. Light has returned to this place. The bloodworms have once again gone extinct. Um, Thank God. Oh. Yuck. Yeah. Big old yuck. The dark spore mushrooms have healed over into new growth. Along with that, Winder appears, the one who had prevented your crossing of the first river by trying to charge for those leaf boats and protect you from the Aboleth. Yeah. Winder has approached, hanging his head low in shame. He has brought with him your wagon. <gasps> oh. is sleeping. He says, <laughs> I did not think that you would succeed, um, so I was trying to make plans for to take your wagon, but... Um, it seems you have succeeded, and so a um, apology, a reward, a thank you. And he gestures to the wagon. Thanks. Hey, how's your fish girlfriend? <laughs> she die. <laughs> right. Good riddance. <laughs> um, not long after that, you see a another figure, a, a female fae, that is hesitant to cross the bridge into memoir and just sort of waits outside. Give it back. She catches your attention somewhere in the day and uh, gestures for all of you to approach her on the outside of memoir. She doesn't seem to want to cross that bridge. But when you come close to her, she says, I owe all of you something. You, perhaps I owe the most. And she gestures to Snack. I took something dear to you. What? When was this? Who are you? She uh, kneels down. <laughs> Sorry, she doesn't kneel down. You're not short anymore. She looks up at you and says, Just a few days passed, you crossed my bridge, and I took from you the talent which you held most dear, your magical ability. Oh, yes, right. I would like to give it back to you. What? Um, the two charisma points you lost are now restored. Snack. Oh. Don't tell me you didn't take them off in the first place. No, no, I... Took off uh... no. <laughs> She says, in addition to that, I owe you for the trouble I've caused. And Snack, she touches your forehead again in the exact same way. Your charisma increases by two. What? Fucking Christ. What the God fuck? damn it. <laughs> I did have it crossed off. Okay. It said plus five is plus four. Yep. So where you had negative two before, you now have plus four. So just, just add two because you never actually crossed that. I didn't cross that <laughs> up because it's princess. John. Yeah. Uh, whoa, so the rest of us getting younger or what? If you so desire, I can return the years and perhaps give you some of my own. Nah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she shakes hands with you, Bert, and offers to return the, four year, the five years that she took from you. Can you make it two and a half? Hmm. She gives a little spark and says, Silver Fox, and shakes her hand. 
Uh, and yeah, your your age is returned to you. Um, Uli, she offers you the same thing to give you back the four years or to make you younger than you were in the first place. My early twenties were shit. Um. <laughs> we all aged up on purpose. <laughs> What about something else? Well, I offer to return what I had taken, of course. Yeah. What <laughs> if you gave my years to Tibio? Oh. I'm fine with my age. Okay. We don't really you don't know, know that I aged. It. Oh, that's right. You don't look older? I mean... Barely. He's encased in bone. We, you were, you were telekinesising at the time. I don't what? think you know. What if you give my age to a donkey... <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, give it to Holly. Do you want it? You've aged a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Wow, thanks guys. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I guess it wouldn't hurt the old achy knees. Hmm. Uh, I also want to know what she says to Holly. Uh, she walks over to Holly and uh, she like reaches out and touches Holly's hair and just kind of like strokes it down. And she says, such... Cleverness. Such treachery. You managed to sneak by, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a lot of respect from your friends, and that's something I admire. Um, When she's done touching your hair, Holly, you realize a lot of that kind of achiness and that dread and that indigestion just kind of... (laughs) Goes away for the most part as you uh, you are aged back down to, let's say, 32. All right. Happy Happy birthday. birthday. You guys really have to stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to keep your white streaks? No, it's okay. No, I think you should keep the white streaks. Those are permanent. White streaks. White streaks. (laughs) I thought you guys would just let it go because you like me so much. (laughs) I didn't say anything. All right. Holly's back to 32. Hair still has a white streak. Um, Dolly, Winder, and Patricia offer to stick around. Yeah, her name is Patricia. That's your fault, by the way. I know, I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) They stick around for the following week while Tibio rests uh, in in order to protect him and observe and respect the process that's going on here. But while they're there, they offer their services as Faye. They are able to make deals and they are offering Mm. you a bargain. To each of you, they extend the offer to pour additional magic into a single possession that you own, a magic item of your choosing over the next week. They would like to enhance something for you. And Holly, I believe you're the first one to kind of land on what you would like for this. There's one day that you just approach uh, Patricia while she's uh, sitting like cross-legged in the glade, just watching over Tibio's body with the rest of the forest animals. And uh, you'd let her know that you have made your decision on what you would like upgraded. Hey, how's it going? Uh, She kind of like exits her trance and says, yes, have you made a decision? Well, Patty Cakes, I've been thinking about it a lot. (laughs) And I, you know, I used to have this uh, kind of pet chameleon that actually turned out to be my sister. Um, But I really enjoyed having like a little bud with me all the time. Um, so I was wondering if you could do anything with this. Uh, and Holly pulls out Sal. Oh my God, Tim. (laughs) She takes the porcelain statue into her hands and pets it once or twice. And she says, Hmm, this is truly unique. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been a good companion. Uh, I take him out, I guess when I think he might be helpful, but then he just kind (laughs) of is there. Uh, so I was wondering if you could make him actually more helpful. 
mm. all the time. She says, I see. I see the challenge. Yes, let's make him permanently helpful. And she hands Sal back to you. And even though you're not petting Sal, even when you set him down, he's still animated. Sal? He uh, brushes up against your leg and kind of like wraps his tail around your, your shin as he passes by. And he just kind of weaves between your legs. Um, Holly goes down and scratches his little head. He kind of like leans into it a little bit. He stares up at you, Holly, and then he just starts kind of witching. He's just like sprinking around. (laughs) He jumps like on Tibio and like crawls around his bones and kind of nuzzles Tibio trying to get him to wake up. And then he jumps onto the ground and you see him like go a little too crazy and he just tumbles onto the ground onto a hard stone surface and you see him land on his back very uncat like he's getting used to this again but when he does he shatters Uh and he explodes on the floor and immediately scrambling and clamoring back to their feet are two versions of sal Uh! you see another one trip and fall and shatter and it transforms into another two sals you hear another shattering noise and they all rejoin back into a single sal and he says that was strange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say so. Are you okay <laughs> when you do that? I believe so. Holly Hyacinth, this is a much longer experience that I've had in years. I can't thank you enough. Well, hopefully uh, you're cool hanging out with me for a while because I think I'm going to need your help. <laughs> he looks up and he does a slow blink with both eyes and he says, most cool. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> I want more AC. Please make okay. my fire pants armor right. pants also. Armor that's, pants. That's the exact delivery you give to Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I'm pretty tough, but I don't really have a lot to show for it. So, not to get too tropey on you, but the elves are quite familiar with a lightweight and strong metal. She holds your overalls for just a moment, and uh, with her finger, she begins to interweave mithril thread. You have a a base AC of 13 plus your dexterity modifier. It's essentially permanent uh, major. Oh, wow. So it's plus AC, yeah. I have something. Okay. Mm, Snack approaches, um, eyes shifting. Making sure nobody else is around. She kind of like follows you around and she says, what clever plan do you have? Ah. Um, you haven't seen birds around, have you? Mm, not for a few hours. Oh, excellent. Well, uh, come, we must go over here. And I try to gesture her over to a tree. She leaves Tibio's side for just a little while to uh, join you. Right, well, I reach into my um, a pouch and I pull out a, a fistful of hairs, wiry. Okay. Many nights ago, I we shaved Bert, and I've saved this for ever since. I see. She plucks one of the hairs and kind of examines it. Yes, these he keeps on above his lip. Uh, is is this something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you what would you like to happen? I I like them. Do you want one for yourself? Ah. Uh, yes. Well, you don't need to ask me. You already have one. And she reaches up with a mirror and shows you a glorious mustache. Ah. Oh. Ah. Ex- 
exactly like Bert's. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. She says, no. I've gone through the trouble of making this fire resistant so that your um, nature wouldn't cause yes. any interruptions to your style. <laughs> okay, thank you. As you leave, she says, are you sure this is all you require? Do I look mature? Yes, of course. Would you give me a loan? Hmm. <laughs> she says, maybe if I weren't a fae dealer, I'd give you a loan. I see. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> I cannot wait to show Jeannie. I scamper off. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> right. During this time, Bert, this is the first time in a while that you've actually had time on your side where you know you can't really leave. You can't do anything, but you do have seven discrete days to rest and to do something that requires rest. Your scrying orb has gone largely unused, but this appears to you to be the perfect time to get a lay of the land in terms of what else is going on in the world. Mm -hmm. You have seven attempts at scrying over the next few days. Um, definitely want to check in on Joe, but probably not first. Okay. Because I'm a little afraid he might, you know, have wards against it or something okay. or catch me. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do a fun social call for my first one. Okay. And talk to Brax in Tildry. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So when you scry in on Brax, um, he is at a writing desk, and you can see he's got a uh, an empty whiskey, and he's got a uh, melting ice cube that's sitting in the empty glass. Um, he's writing something, uh, and you spend a lot of your time during the scry trying to focus in on what he's actually writing. And you can see that he is preparing arguments to put Flan away for the rest of her life. Mm. And then he just kind of stops. And then he sets down his quill, cracks his knuckles, gets up and walks around the room for a little bit, checks that whiskey glass and sees that it's empty. He gets out some documents. It's an early draft of the Snapdragon incident. And he reads over it a couple times. And he just smiles at it and puts it back in a drawer. And he uh -huh. goes back to Flan's verdict and continues writing. boy, Brax. <laughs> Using your time in good ways. All right. I also want to check in on David Emery, but we don't have to do that right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do them next. Uh, I will do Dave instead of Emery. Okay. Uh, you scry on Dave. Um, Dave is walking. Uh, he is near Emery, and you can see Bidet is carrying a couple saddlebags just full of stuff. They're all still together. They look a little tired. Um, Dave just kind of looks over towards Emery, and he kind of quietly says, hmm, How much longer did you say it was back to lamplight? I'm already getting exhausted. And Emery kind of says, It's going to be a while, I promise. It's not an easy road either. It gets real marshy the closer we get. It was miserable getting there in the first place. Have you really never left lamplight on your own? A couple of times for business and to pick up supplies, but I've never really just adventured on my own. Emery says, well, it's going to be an adventure, but not a fun one. Glad we got this. Uh, I don't even want to call it a donkey. It's it's something else. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of creeps me out. Uh, Emery like, takes off his own backpack and sets it on Bidet and says, he's strong enough, though. And uh, Dave says, don't overload it. I mean, it's, it's a friend, after all. They're going to come looking for it. 
I'd be pretty sad if you just outright crushed it to death. And they just kind of banter back and forth with that stuff. <laughs> back to lamplight, huh? What are you doing there, you little scamps? Crampbert. <laughs> 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 uh, day three will be door. Okay. Um, you see door, Ilya, and like 15 other people. Uh, you can see a wagon in the background. You can see a blazing bonfire, and they're all like sitting and talking and drinking and eating. And like, uh, Dora is actually getting up and he's reenacting pulling something's head off. And you can see him like he like he's like grabbing something in its mouth and he's like pulling the mouth apart and he like rips the top of the skull off and he like throws it on the ground and he like throws the body over and the rest of the crowd just like gets up and cheers. <laughs> Gross. And you can even see Ilya there and she's been drinking and she's blushing and smiling and they're all having a great time. Can I tell where they are? Uh, they are still in like a stony mountainous region. You can assume okay. that they're still on their way to Vindorn. I got to remember to have you tell me that one, Dor. <laughs> trying to get a little sound bite after. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking to nobody. Like, yep. <laughs> I hope you guys are best friends someday. <laughs> Dark library by yourself scrying and yeah. then just going like, oh, you're going to have to tell me that yeah. one. <laughs> Fen is just watching him night overnight like, something's wrong with that boy. <laughs> yeah, Joe's next. Okay. You scry in on Joe. And the first thing you see is actually law. I was considering law after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, You kind of like turn around in the scry vision to see Joe as well. Uh, You can see a small settlement in the very far distance, but they're actually up in the mountains a little bit. Uh, You can see Joe has a very small mobile alchemy lab. It's just a couple of boards with a couple of tubes, but he's got something brewing. He's got two brews going. You can see a pinkish brew, and you can see a fizzy blue elixir that he seems to be experimenting with. Does it look, does it look like a cool elixir that I've seen recently? Unmistakably. Wow. Coolie, coolie. What? That monster. How? You see Joe pour a little bit of that pink liquid into a cup and hands it to Law. Drink it. And Law drinks it obediently. Uh, Joe keeps messing with his chemicals and then he picks up the lab and moves it a little farther away and then comes back and talks to Law and he says I've got a lot to do tonight if you disturb me even once I'm going to make you eat hot coals out of the fire got it? okay and Joe walks away and begins to experiment Law kind of walks away at the same time And then Joe has a coughing fit and Joe is coughing and coughing and coughing and spitting up blood and coughing and coughing. During that, you see Law begins to spit, sticks a finger down his throat and begins to vomit. As soon as Joe stops coughing, Law stops. Right before the scry cuts out, you see Law look up, glance directly at the scry and it cuts. (laughs) What is going on? Man. If only Snack had stabbed that guy a little harder. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have kind of a curveball for the fifth one. Uh, Holly, what are you doing today? Um, you know, nothing. And Holly's like doing her hair and makeup all cute to go see um, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> Well, I I, uh, wondered if you might be interested in a cool magic thing. 
Hmm. Well, I guess I could be available for some part of the day. Last few days, I've been scrying on people, some of our friends and uh, some of our enemies. Okay. All of our friends seem to be doing okay. Joe's up to something, which is probably no surprise. Mm. I thought with your help, depending on how much you remember, you might be able to take a peek into Vindorn at that castle you visited. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sure. Do you just need me to think about it real good? Do you need me to like open a portal? Maybe I still haven't really figured that one out yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> that is not the direction I thought it was going to go. I'm curious. I thought it was going to go. I was assuming Ivy. That's what I was assuming. This is better. Oh, that yeah. would be nicer. This is better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to help me? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'd had to give you this tattoo, I guess. And then you'd be able to use the scrying orb. I see. Uh, it's not permanent. The tattoo or the orb? <laughs> the tattoo. <laughs> the orb is very much I hope the orb is permanent because it was very expensive. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, sure. Tap me up. No, put it on my butt, though, and Holly lifts up her skirt. No, oh my God. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Holly holds out her wrist. And- All right, here we go. So uh, when I finish this, you just have to think about that person you've been, or anyone you met up there. Uh, okay. Can I scry a, a space? Do I have to do a person? You could do a space, too. So you could do that hallway. I want to do that organ room. Oh, oh. Ugh. Yeah. That's so spooky. This is why oh. it's like, well, you're probably not prepared for yeah. this, but. Okay, fuck indeed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're... Vision kind of settles on this place. It's hazy for a long time and you don't think you're going to get through. But Holly, you put enough, you put together enough details about that organ and about that chamber to make it become clear again. Um, Burnt, you can see into this place for the first time, whatever she's projecting into this crystal ball. You see the same thing. It's this organ that takes up the entire north wall of this cathedral, crawls up to the ceiling and out past the ceiling, out to the outer uh, roof of this cathedral and extends past that. Um, You see a dwarf with an exceptionally long cape that is walking back and forth in front of the organ. And you see row after row of dwarf human, all races alike standing in orderly rows, all of them wearing this red embroidered bandana on their wrist. You see the dwarf walking back and forth say, we have a specific weakness that I think we have to account for. We all know that there is a difficulty with music. To counteract this, I present an incredible utility. Call it a lucky circumstance. Allow me to demonstrate. He gestures to the organ. He has another lackey of his walk up to it and begin to quote-unquote play it. But what they produce is a discordant note that rings out continuously. And Orzo speaks to his crowd, but you can't hear a damn thing. And then he smiles at each of them. And you can make out the words on his lips. No more problems. Whoa. Fuck. What was that about? Uh, got me, but that looks like an army if I ever saw one. Yeah. And that was Orzo, right? I think so. Yeah. The big cheese. The king of Vindorn himself. Huh. Well, if only we knew someone who was good at music. <clears throat> I mean... We heard Tibio play the lute back in Hogwild, but... He played the, what is the equivalent of chopsticks on the lute. <laughs> well, thanks for your help, Holly. 
yeah, can I do that again? And Holly looks down at the tattoo. Is it gone now? Yeah, it's gone. I think that's how it works. Okay. Well, yeah. Get some tattoos and you lose some tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Holly rushes out the door. She's like, I'm late for my date. Bye. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to do Joe again. Okay. You scry on Joe again. When the scry forms, Law looks up directly at it. Jesus Christ. That's so creepy. <laughs> and then he looks away from it and he walks over to Joe and he says, I don't know if, if it came down to it that I could take all five of them. They're pretty scrappy. And Joe says... You'll be able to. I've got a special item for you that, well, it'll help a lot. And they just kind of linger there for a while. If we stay here too long, they'll find us for sure. That's just how they work. But I think I've realized the error of my ways. You see, I was trying to go too broad before. A whole town, that's, that's unnecessary. I just need a few close friends. An inner circle. Law says, well, what about you and I? What's next? Show me on this map where we're going. Law's <laughs> mm. yeah, trying Ma. to help us. Yeah, How bird One good bird out. All the birds. <laughs> They're all good birds. Okay. Joe says, mm. up the mountain. We'll find it. What is it exactly we're looking for up there? If I told you... It'd be even harder to control. Speaking of which, I've noticed your tolerance is growing. We should up your dosage. Um, Joe finishes mixing something and turns back to Law and says, Drink this. And Law hesitates. Joe says, I thought not. And he reaches into his cloak and pulls out something sharp and stabs right at Law. Law backs away. He flaps. He takes to the sky. And Joe just starts spinning in place. You see Law fly away from this place. Joe is spinning and stomping and he collapses in a coughing fit and he says, I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're watching. Watch all you want. You're too late. I could see. I could see through his eyes. Oh, boy. Yikes. <laughs> You've got one more? Yeah. Let's do law the next day, I guess. Okay. That's really good. Good, because I wasn't sure about it. <laughs> you see from law's perspective, as soon as a scry forms, he looks over his shoulder as if somebody had just stepped on a twig. But when he sees it, his expression kind of softens, actually. And he looks out from behind a bush and moves it so that the scry can see better. You see Joe sobbing. He is at the edge of a pond, and he's just sobbing to himself. And you see him dumping out his elixirs. And he's just, like, covered in snot. You can see he's emaciated. He hasn't been eating. He hasn't been taking care of himself. He looks nearly dead. You can see him pouring out this giant jug of pink liquid into this pond. And he just heaves heavy sobs. And then his sobs turn to laughter. And then he laughs and laughs, and then he has to stifle his laugh, and he looks so scared suddenly, and he darts behind a rock, and he just hides, and you can see him just barely breathing heavily. <sighs> and then you hear, <sighs> an adult red dragon settles before the pond, 
and drinks uh, deeply. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. Oh,